and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Rick Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And it's also about our lives. Folks, we don't have much to report about our lives. Pretty much the same every day. It's really uh, getting to me, folks. You wake up, you know, what do you do? You eat three whole chickens. Yeah. A couple microwave pizzas. That's right. Microwave because the oven doesn't work. You know, my first riff about Three Whole Chickens isn't even right. Have I even told the fine folks that I haven't eaten meat in over a month? I don't know. Well, for some reason, um, I noticed like a week into our quarantine here in New York City that like I hadn't eaten any meat. Maybe it was like six days or something like that. Yeah. Could have been three. We just don't keep, we're not a, a keeping meat in the house family. And so when we got locked in, you just didn't eat meat. I just didn't have any. You I mean, just we had, didn't have it. had rice and beans. Like, you know, you, you do the initial panic buy of like, oh my God, I got to buy creepy things in bulk because of the fact that stores might be closed in a week. Creepy? Well, not creepy, but like you could. Survival cons- food. You could consider the 25 pan pound bag of Carolina rice that I bought maybe like a creepy item i would say it was inappropriate yeah (laughs) you know so like uh we had we didn't know what was going on at this point i think we realized that the stores are not going to close down um so you know we're obviously shopping at like a normal rate now but um yeah that's what was going on and none of that was meat on our first couple of trips we and then so like we got about five days of uh, food we're eating and none of it was meat and that's a long time for your boy to not eat meat i mean uh i'm pretty much a meat eater folks ashley you're a vegetarian, are you not? I'm a pescatarian. You're a pescatarian, are you not? That's true. I will eat the fish. You'll eat the fish. Um, and so I, I've turned into a, a pescatarian too while uh, in quarantine. And it's been okay. I haven't actually been thinking about meat that often. The only time I ever think about it is when I'm frustrated and hungry. Well, you get like grumpy and you're like, I need a steak. Yes, I do. And do I'm, like, I'm like, uh-oh, Nick's blood sugar's dropped. Get him a Werther's original. <laughs> Somebody pop in a Werther's. We don't have any Werther's originals you, Nick needs to here. carry hard candy around. Because when he gets hungry, he gets very grumpy. Um, Yeah, basically, (laughs) we are stuck inside, as you are, I'm sure. We had a thrill yesterday um, talking about all the places that we want to travel, making big plans. And then we realized that little stinking Lily, we can't take her with us everywhere. Can't do shit. All of a sudden, you know, we got a cat thing, and this is going to be the easiest thing in the world. And then all of a sudden, we can't leave our little princess. Yeah, it's like, like, uh, you know, you get a cat so you can leave, right? Yeah. Because like a dog, you can't really leave for a couple of days. But with a cat, you can. You know, Cats have, are cool. They can handle it. Get we, someone to check in on them every day. We can leave a... I mean, with a dog, you'd have to have somebody walk them. But like, you know... You can't I, leave a dog alone. Dogs are too needy. Yeah. You can leave a cat for three days and you can have a friend come over in the morning and the evening, give them some food, play with them a little bit. That's yeah. what we usually do. We give I mean, Lily two visits. You can really leave a cat also like overnight home by yeah. themselves and just leave them food. And like if we leave Lily like a big bowl of dry food, like and 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 we leave, like she's not sad to see us go. Do no. you know what I mean? And like she's she- <laughs> not necessarily happy to see us return. Yeah, you know. Um, so that is the plus about having a cat is the fact that you you do have a little bit of leeway. But upon talking about it with my wonderful fiance Ashley Brooke Roberts about places that we'd like to visit once we can get the hell out of New York City. It's like, well, what are we going to do with our little stupid cat? Do we take the cat? You can't take a cat on the road. That's the other thing. Like, you can take a dog on the road. Yeah, dogs on the road are chill. 
cat on the road, that someone's getting hurt. Someone's getting scratched. It's going to be a traumatic experience. Scary, you know, like if you, because if, a dog, you can, you can just chase, you know, a cat, you can't really chase a cat. Last time we took Lily in the car, she peed and pooped in her litter box in the back seat about 10 minutes outside of Nick's mom's house. Yeah. And that was like a 90 minute ride. Nick had a meltdown, yeah. if I remember correctly. Well, I just kind of feel like we didn't prepare correctly yes, for that. Yes, right? that is true. So that's what my meltdown was over, our ill-preparedness. Yeah, we were not that we weren't on top of our game. That is correct. Yeah. But then it's like with my cat, what are we going to do? We're going to bring her to my mom's house. That's an option. My mom basically runs like a little cat town in North Carolina. She's got a bunch of cats hanging out on a farm. But um, the cats, they are outside cats. And we're like, we don't think little Lily can handle that. She was part of that little town, though. That's In the her thing. youth. In her youth, she's a grown woman now. She's forgotten those skills. What if a coyote gets her? That was really only like, what, three years ago? Something yeah, in like cat that? years, that's 85 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know. Because also, like, the idea is, like, she can go in and out over at your mom's cat town. But, like... Will she ever come back? Yeah, that's the, the question. question. She might find a new family she loves. I also don't want her to get a taste of that because then freedom. All this, yeah, you don't want her to get a taste of freedom. Bring her ass back to Brooklyn, and it's just like, oh yeah, my prison. I, I think forgot. she wants to be wherever we are. This is like a halfway house for her. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like she thinks like she's just you know, and like a work release program with two other convicts. Yeah, you and I. Yeah, it does. That it does feel like that now that we're in quarantine. Yeah. Listen, guys, I'm realizing that we're about you know what five six minutes into the pod. We haven't said it. Happy four twenty. Oh yeah, happy four twenty. I mean, these are time capsules. <laughs> yeah. Um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, happy four twenty on whatever year four twenty you're listening this on um, yeah hopefully we make it past 2020 guys fingers crossed um we guys did- we are right now just to let everybody know people who are listening to this in the future we are in our first year of quarantine is where this is coming that's so, so depressing quarantine zero zero one is i assume what the futurists will call it um hello to future quarantine years um how nick. are you like i wish i wish i could communicate with you better nick is being that is not going to be the case we're going to be out of this soon everybody's going to be healthy and happy and i'm gonna try and get back to the gym at some point i guess gyms will never open again gyms um, are done Jeez, louise gyms and gym. comedy clubs the only things we ever go to folks i am getting fat uh, I don't really want to talk about it right now. I don't have anything planned, but I'm just popped in my head. Getting fat. We're not yeah, a little eating. bean pillow going yeah, on. Yeah, we're not. We're not eating right. We're not exercising. It's just we're not doing the right thing here in quarantine. And but that's before, okay. And and you know it's interesting. Nick is Nick's packing on some pounds. It's true. So am I. My jeans are tight. Um, but Nick is like blaming it on the fact that he's not eating meat and not on the fact that he's eating ice cream every night and I candy. Am not. So much candy. I am not <laughs> eating ice cream he's every like, night. He's like, if I'm not going to eat meat, I might as well eat a bag of chocolate peanuts. Listen, the chocolate peanuts that they have up at the supermarket, the only supermarket I feel comfortable going into, by the way, so it's not my fault. If I were, to, if I were to have another choice, I may not cross these chocolate peanuts every time I have to go shopping. Babe, true or false, every time you go out, you come back with chips and a sweet thing, and then you eat it, okay? True or false? We eat the chips, all right? I sneakily eat my, my chocolate peanuts when you go to bed because I don't want you to have any. Yeah, you're doing a little, Nick's doing a lot of midnight snacks. Um, <laughs> did you go ahead and get, what did you, go ahead and tell the fine folks what you were spooning yesterday? Cookie and dough. I, not, yeah. I was spooning cookie dough yeah. into my face. Yeah. You only took a couple of bites like a normal human being, but still. 
I'm also eating junk food. I'm not saying that I'm. I'm not. It's okay, Nick. Everything's okay. Yeah. Why Nick do you just tell these people about the peanuts, man? <laughs> you had to tell everybody about the chocolate peanuts. It's okay. They'll still love you. It's fine. It's horrible. Nick bringing up the only bringing up the fact that there's only one supermarket we can go to. We have two like near us in walking distance, and one of them is a proper grocery store, and it is just a panic attack waiting to happen. I have yet to go in there and not feel like impending doom from all the people rushing around and the tiny little aisles. And then we have kind of like an overpriced health food store that honestly I did not think we would be entering at all during yeah. this time, and it has been our savior because there's rarely anybody in there, and when people do come in who are acting crazy, maybe they don't have a mask on, maybe they're taking up too much room a guy comes over and yells at them oh there was like these drunk people in the like as if it was a normal night yesterday in this store and ashley and i happened to be in the store at the same time and uh it really infuriated ashley it pissed me off but infuriated ashley i've never been so mad i mean these people maskless maskless humans like kind of goofing around and stuff. It's like it's all business when you get into a store. Enough get with in, this. Get out. No chit chat. I don't okay? care how many fucking mimosas you guys drank. How many how many goddamn frozen margs you drank on the side of the bar you used to hang out with, uh, hang out at every night. Which is another thing that's happening in New York City and Brooklyn is like all of the re- the bars are like opening up a window and you can buy like. Like as like a frozen margarita or like a pina colada, like it's fucking New Orleans, like the French Quarter, and just like they put it in like a little paper cup with a top and a straw, and then people just fucking hang out there and smoke cigarettes and just shoot the shit. It's like we, it, what are you doing? The amount of like hipster, like artist hipster people in our neighborhood who are just walking around without masks and smoking and like hanging out outside of a bar, it is infuriating. I've never been so mad at late 20 year olds before in my life. I feel like possibly these are people that are quarantined with like strangers or quarantined by themselves and then they have to have interactions. So they go out and they kind of meet up at these bars. And maybe they're just losing it. Maybe they're just so excited to be out, they're not even thinking about it. But yeah, Nick and I, we usually go one at a time into a grocery store. I don't know what happened yesterday where we had We both were on a walk. In. We both went into the grocery store, but we're all business. We're not chit-chatting. We're going from one thing to the next. We're not, I know. walked into that grocery store. You were going to go in by yourself. Yes. And I walked in behind you because there was a, a character that I didn't want to hang out next to who I felt like was going to like hit me up for some sort of money. Yeah, there was a roaming character outside. And I was like, you know what? On a normal day, I wouldn't give a shit. You know, I just give the person money, but I'm not like exchanging bills or getting close to a person right now. So I had to kind of flee this the the area and so that's why i went inside the supermarket with you but we went inside we went straight to the cookie dough that's what i was going there for okay it's an essential supply get the cookie dough then i thought you know what maybe i should get some cookies too yeah that's where i'm at right now okay (laughs) went and we went and got cookies when we're in the cookie aisle there's just some gal who's kind of like dancing who seems too loud and that's the dance move she was doing yeah it was infuriating like uh, what would would you call it like the Tootsie Roll or something? She like, did was doing <laughs> arms and then her kicking out her feet. She had on big boots and she just was really. She seemed like she was about twenty nine. I'll say it right now, and I don't have any pre- prejudice over these type of people. I really don't. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at one. I think what it was a ginger. It was a ginger woman. 
fucking doing the Tootsie Roll or doing some sort of psychedelic fucking snake wavy arms thing. And then, like, literally the quote was, like, uh, I couldn't really see it because, like, we were trying to get these, like, gourmet cookies that she was really near. Like, that was really the problem. It was, like, her, like, Tootsie Roll dance was blocking these gourmet cookies. Yeah. And then... We had this guy who walked by maskless and then a woman who walked by her maskless. And then like when the woman walked by maskless, she like made a comment to to the ginger lady doing the dance. And then she was like, I just heard the ginger lady go, yeah, bitch, it is your birthday. And she started doing like the Uh, dance harder. And I was like, is this woman drunk at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a fucking Sunday in this neighborhood that's full of the flu? And luckily... Our Lord and Savior, the man who owns the grocery store, walked by and pointed at their face and was like, mask, you don't have a mask on. Get out or if you have a mask on. They're like, they got all scared. And like one guy didn't have a mask. I saw him like, like his eyes like shifted and he like went to the back of the store. And the other ones were like so freaked out by the fact that like an authority was like telling them that they were being assholes kind of. Yeah. And it snapped them out of it. And this was the best one. Not the woman who was dancing, but the woman who was being danced at. Yeah. Um, she had a cigarette in her hand and she went to like put her mask on. So she had to put it in her mouth and she accidentally put the cigarette backwards in her mouth (laughs) and she was like fixing her little bandana. And that just little bit of embarrassment made me feel all better. Oh my God. I, I wish that I had enjoyed that. Instead, I just looked at you and I was like, let's get the fuck out of here right now. I hate these people. And then I made us leave immediately. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, and then Ashley was just kind of like in a shaken up mood for like an hour. I just feel like it's an attack. I really do. If you're not respecting strangers' safety at this point, and like, what are you doing? Absolutely. You know? um, but we went off on a tangent. I, I started to say happy 420. I just want to give you guys an idea of what this episode is going to be about content-wise. We really thought we were going to do like a 420-centric. 420-centric. We thought we were going to do like a watch a lot of 420 reality shows. I mean, they're out there. They exist. And they're boring. Turns out like (laughs) we're just not into weed culture. Um, It's not interesting at all to watch people get high. It is actually it is probably the worst form of television, I would have to say. What about pot comedies? Like, pot comedies I like. And we don't watch that show that's on HBO that everybody loves, including both my parents. Weeds? No, no. Weeds was absolutely fabulous. Yeah. One of my favorite shows of all time, at least the first three seasons. I no, guess I'm I talking about say... that one with the delivery guy. Oh, yeah. High times. Hi, no, high. No. High delivery. <laughs> high maintenance. High maintenance. Yes. Um, I feel like I those are scripted shows. They so are scripted. I should say that I should say it's not that we're not into weed culture. We're not into reality weed culture because it turns out uh, if you're going to make weed entertaining, it needs to be fictionalized. Did you um, really like or even ever watch? Um, God, I'm forgetting the name of the movie now. Mm. I should. We should watch that today. What is that? What's the Chappelle movie? Half baked. Do you remember? Did you watch that when you were a kid? I loved it. I loved that movie so much. That was like my favorite movie for like ten years of my life. I loved it so much. I don't know if I loved it so much because it was good or because Comedy Central just played it back to back for like five years, but I definitely loved it. Uh, The first time I saw it. Okay, so this is interesting. I stayed with my. This does this add up? I think it does. I stayed with my grandfather in Florida, my Baba Tony, my dad's dad, when I was like. 12 or something for like a week drove down with them they came up 
to visit us, drove down with them to wow, Florida. Wow, that's a long ride. Yeah, it's a long ride. I mean, I've driven to Florida a couple times with family. That's so, the, yeah. wild. And uh, you won't, and yet we can't go to Orlando to check out Universal Studios. I'm never going back to Florida again after this fucking virus, man. They're not going to have it together. Anywho, um, so we drove down. Meanwhile, on the way there, my grandfather had a uh, a toothache and couldn't finish driving. We stayed in like a like we slept in like a parking lot for a few hours, and I had to keep watch as like a twelve year old. I remember that. Wow. Um, he was a <laughs> he was a fun guy. <laughs> um, I think I just didn't want to sleep, and he told me to keep watch. I can't really remember, but not uh, he had a toothache for like the he had to get oral surgery like the day we got back he had a toothache for all like 28 hours of the drive Ugh, it was terrible awful. It, was, it was bad i was stuck with a 12 year old so we get down there and um you know they were big on watching movies and stuff i saw two things and i remember sitting like laying in front of the couch as they were sitting on the couch my grandfather and his wife at the time debbie and uh they were watching the cat watching tv i remember watching two things um for the first time number one was half baked which was I was 12 and watching with like basically my grandparents like the it was a little awkward I think but the other thing that I watched in that same week was the Clinton impeachment what and I watched him <laughs> say I did not have sexual relations with that woman uh, this is a taking this story taking a turn I did not predict that's where I saw that in the same like it was like the next day we all sat down and watched it um, wow yeah it, it was a, a formative week of my life for real um but yeah so that was the first time i saw half baked and then i i loved half baked forever after that but that is i would say that is a great comedy movie in my opinion i think it's a really funny comedy movie does it hold up maybe i'll find out later today i'll watch it or something i'm down to watch it i mean we did want to do sort of weed centric stuff we found this um before we've already reviewed one pot show on this podcast which was cooking high or cooking on high um and that just involves comedians and kind of like you know random maybe sort of d-list reality people coming in and doing a cooking show while they're high but they're also cooking with high stuff and it was okay right we liked it ramon was on it remember yeah. and so it was fine but we were eh, like, it was okay it was okay it so, was like an internet show these internet shows i think it was like a netflix who knows? It was it was a low budget, yeah, it was low type budget. thing, and it yeah, felt it was low Netflix, budget, right? They had that that like rapper singer guy, like Sun God or whatever his yeah. name was, and he was like really obnoxious and yeah, it felt like it was a throwaway yeah. show. And then the so we decided we were like, okay, let's look, find something we'll watch for today. We found a show called Bong Appetit, Bong Appetit, which is like a Vice show, I think, or mm -hmm. like um. Is that Vice or it's Munchies? Vice. It's Vice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's Vice. And it basically, uh, it started in 2016. It's still on air, which is actually shocking that they're still making is this Vice show. Is Vice Land a network any longer? I don't know. Vice News is not a thing. Mm. But so it's 2016 to indefinitely. It's got one of those dashes and then not a number. <sighs> hasn't to officially it. been canceled. Hasn't officially been canceled. I'm, I don't know why it hasn't been canceled because it was a basically the, the idea is that there's a host and he's got all the co weed cooking supplies in the world in this closet. And then he's got a team of people and a chef comes in and like prepares a meal and works with his team and then they feed it to people but 
this is the thing. This is my problem with this show is that it's not like the Southern charm weed dinner when you get to see these people get high and act stupid, which we loved. Okay. Love it. That was a great, the Southern charm, Colorado apps when they have that weed dinner. That and like, was one of the best episodes of uh, that show. It was great. It was so funny. Yeah. Shep, Chelsea, they were all clearly high. Yeah. They were being idiots. Do you know, I, a lot of that I think might be, we, at that point, that was la- that was like the season six, right? Or whatever. Um, the, yeah. The, the, it the was latest, most recent. Most yeah. recent season. Madison was there. We had watched what? Uh, 72 hours of that show. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. many hours of that show did we watch together? Too right, many. 40, no. What? 50 hours, over 50 hours getting to know these people. Seeing them drunk, seeing them drunk. We never really saw them high. Yeah. And so when you, I think that was sort of what makes an episode like that way better than what this Bong Appetit. It's like, I don't know these fucking people. I don't give a shit that they're getting high. It's like, they show up, they roll up to the shoot high, they eat it, they're kind of high. You know, a, a, a lot of these hosts though, that's the other thing. Like when you watch like a, a thing with like a pot guy, a pot guru going around smoking weed with people and it's like. Those fuckers smoke weed all day, all night. When they smoke high, their eyes get red or like a little droopy and nothing else changes. Yeah, they're still acting the same. You're watching Shep be, and he's probably high when he shows up to some of these shoots, but he's pretty much drunk and all these guys are just drunk and gals are just drunk. But all of a sudden they get high and you can tell that they're different and their personalities are getting giggly and goofy. And you're like, hey, I know that person and they've changed and they're goofier now. To me, that's what is... Uh, incredible about an episode of television where people just get high randomly because you know them you know these people now and now they're high and you get to experience that i could not agree more so this show did not have that element and then to add insult to injury the show did not have the element of learning anything about cooking they just were like i'm gonna make this meal and then they showed us like showed the chef making it quickly and it's not like it was a cooking show at all so it's like what is the point of this show there are strange Strangers getting high that I don't care about and that there's barely any cooking that I can like gather that, you know, kind of scratches that itch of watching people cook that cooking shows do. So I was just like, this show stinks. Um, (laughs) But it did have one element that led us down a rabbit hole. Uh, It was a murder mystery dinner. And so that murder mystery, it put a little pin in my bonnet. It put a little uh, Bow, bow in your bonnet. It did something. It put. It got my ears perked up. I was like, murder mystery? Because Nick and I had just watched Clue the night before. But before we get to where this takes us, I would just like to say one, we did try one more pot show, which I made Nick turn off about two minutes in. It involved uh, a man in a car and Mike Tyson. Nick, do you want to explain what that show was? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was called Hot Boxing, and it was with... Um uh, one of the dudes from Cypress Hill, Be Real. Um, and he's got like a podcast on YouTube where he smokes weed with like celebrities, um, uh, a whole bunch of people who will agree to be on that show. And uh, they just smoke a lot of weed and then they do like a 
like a talk show kind of like an interview show yeah so nick was selling it on me he was like this will be fun people will get high we'll interview him and like let's watch mike tyson and I was yeah like, i was like tyson i was like i didn't even know tyson smoked weed and i was like whoa mike tyson's gonna do this show i'm like oh let me see that you know as i was searching around for this thing and we put it on and mike tyson he looks like you know he's having a good time you know he's got like a big beard now he's sitting there apparently he's he smokes a lot of weed i uh i uh, texted because he has his own podcast. Yeah, we learned he had his own weed called Hot Boxing or whatever. Yeah. With and he just smokes a lot of weed and he talks to it's just he does it, but he does it in a studio in Las Vegas or whatever. And I found out that um, I texted a friend of mine like, "Hey, uh, this is a show." And my friend who works on a show in Los Angeles, he works on ridiculousness. He said that he, uh, they had Tyson on the show last year and he was so high that he couldn't even really talk. And apparently he just smokes weed all day long and he grows weed. So like Tyson's like thing is like, he just grows weed now, I guess. And probably sells it. He's the weed you know, guy he probably now. Probably has like a grow house and a and a stake in some company. So had no idea that Mike Tyson was just like Mr. Weed Man. Um, and on... Uh, whatever well, gets you through yeah you know? well, well i mean the the reason we had to turn it off was because like they <laughs> be real was like so uh how'd you get started you start smoking wild pot when was the first time you started smoking weed and then tyson was just like threw like a smile and a laugh he's like yeah my uh mom used to give me weed in the when i was a baby to quiet me down and uh yeah when some, i was a kid because i couldn't sleep and <laughs> yeah. i was like what the fuck? I can't watch this poor, like this, this, this man, this, you know, think of Mike Tyson, what you will. I, I think we can all agree that the man has been tortured, tortured, scarred. Soul. Yeah. His circumstances have led to uh, a very rough experience. And the idea of your parents just getting you high because you're bothering them and you won't go to sleep and they're just going to drug you until you pass out. It broke my heart, so I made Nick turn it off immediately. Strike two on the weed culture shows. Um, I did, you know, by happenstance, turned on um, this uh, ESPN. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. I turned on ESPN, and they were playing like a bunch of old Tyson boxing matches. So I ended up watching a bunch of classic Tyson. It made me feel a little bit better about things watching him knock people out in like eight seconds um it was it was nice yeah, like he did something after all yeah. um okay well, well we'll take a break in a second and we'll talk about what we're actually here to talk about which is by the way a show from 2013 that aired on abc nine episodes in total and it's called Who Done It? one word and, and I think you should know we watched it in two days. It's yeah, it's a well, we watched like two episodes one day and like seven <laughs> episodes yesterday. And uh, it's a murder mystery reality show that Ashley just loved. She loves it. She had nothing to say about that, but she does love it. Uh, and she uh, made us watch this because she also loves Clue, the movie Clue. And she made me watch the movie Clue a couple days ago. So I guess we'll talk a little bit about that stuff before we take a break, though. How do you feel about Pineapple Express? I like it. I think that's a good pop movie, right? Yeah, yeah. We can watch that. Um, And also- I've never seen it. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I said I like it, I was thinking, I was thinking of a different movie. <laughs> I was thinking about the Wes Anderson movie that takes place in the hotel. 
I don't remember what that one's called, but uh, I've never seen Pineapple Express. Um, you were like, I was like, how about Pineapple Express? Uh, you like that? You're like, yes, that's great. I love that movie. And I'm like, okay, we'll move on. You're like, I've never seen it. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's the movie with James Franco and Seth Rogen? That's and um, my dude, uh, my fave. Um, well, there the Pineapple Express stars those two, and and and. He, uh franco is a drug deal a pot dealer yeah and rogan is buying weed from him and then like a murder happens oh yeah i've seen it i love it (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking of the wes anderson movie on a train yeah darjeeling limited yes never seen that one (laughs) (laughs) doesn't have anything to do with the content of this it also sounds darjeeling limited and pineapple express and nothing can we watch pineapple express yeah let's watch pineapple express i love Um, that before uh, we take a break guys uh we did a patreon Patreon. Um, the other day we dropped it, our first April Patreon, uh, and we talked all about the Disney movies, Country Bears and Haunted Mansion. And we talked about the rides that accompany those movies that really uh, were the inspiration for the movies. And uh, we basically talked about how we felt about the movies, how we felt about the attractions. Spoiler alert, I hated both of them. I uh- like both of them while we watch them right now. <laughs> Because uh, they are kind of big old flops for, for different reasons, and it's a kind of a fun episode. And I think you guys should check out our uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash realityblows. With the $5 bonus tier, you get two bonus episodes a month on that Patreon feed. And uh, yeah, uh, you got we started the, what, January of this year? Mm-hmm. So we got a, like six or seven episodes for you guys to yeah, catch up on. Yeah, backlog. All for five bucks, baby. Go check it out. Um, and uh, we will come right back and tell you all about this dumbass show called <laughs> Who Done It. All right, folks, we are back. Woo woo. We're going to talk about Who Done It. One word. ABC. Seven years ago. Ashley. Take it away. Okay, well, like any murder mystery show, we need a little bit of a backstory, which is that about a week ago, I got Nick to finally watch one of my fave movies, the movie Clue, based off the board game. Nick was always very apprehensive about this movie, and I will say that after about, I don't know, nine years of dating, I was finally able to get him to watch it, and he did it in classic Nick fashion. What do I mean by that, Nick? (laughs) I don't know, with uh, a smile on, I guess? He fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Nick kept falling asleep. I kept waking him up. Um, I love the movie Clue. I I am surprised when people don't love the movie Clue, but... I did some research into it, and it turns out that it like was not a blockbuster, so maybe that has something to do with it. Why don't you tell these fine folks what this movie is and what what it's about well there's a board game called clue right we've all played it and they made a movie based off of clue and it's it when it when the movie aired in theaters for the theatrical release it had three different endings so depending on which theater you would go to you would see a different ending when they released the vhs and the dvd they included all three endings um so i've always seen all three endings i've never i've never had the experience of just seeing one ending um and i wonder what that is like yeah but it's really really spot on like the board game i mean the rooms are the same. Um, they're laid out the same. The secret passages in the board game, you know, respond to the secret passages in the movie. The characters are all there. Um, you know, Mrs. White, Mrs. Scarlet, uh, Mr. Green, Professor Plum, 
you know, all of the great characters are there. And it's it's a slapstick type comedy, which was actually turns out very popular in this time, like the late 70s, early 80s. They had a lot of sort of like a murder comedy or like haunted mansion comedy type things happening. So I've always, like I said, it, when it came out in theaters, it did, it was okay. It, it wasn't huge, but it has developed a big cult following. Um, and I think I'm part of that. I find it uh, upon, I never saw it before. I found it upon first viewing to be kind of like a Marx Brothers movie. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I don't even know what you would call Lots that. Lots of physical gags. Lots of physical gags, but like the the speed in which people delivered jokes and dialogue was rapid to yes. say the least it was like huh, 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 everybody gonna you know it was like very yeah. like uh you know groucho marx-esque like somebody would say something then somebody would kind of pop in a frame and be like that's not what i said you know right and then it was like huh, huh, huh. lots of puns lots of lots um, of yeah it was uh it was i don't know what you call this movie but it was one of those movies yeah um and Which then I yes love. some physicality going on and then uh, a little bit of intrigue based on not knowing who the killer is not knowing who done it if you will uh and i guess they gave you clue now could you have actually come up with who the murderer is by watching this movie and like taking hints and clues and I don't think so. No. And this is an issue that I have in general with murder mysteries because, you know, if you've been listening to the pod, you know, I went on Agatha Christie kick um, earlier this year and I don't I don't think you can piece things together. I don't think the reader can figure it out. It's just always at the end. It's a grand speech of how it was done. And then you're like, oh, I see how that all worked out, you know, in retrospect. But I don't think that one can play the detective. Maybe that's different with the Sherlock Holmes um, series. I've never read any of those books. But as far as Agatha Christie goes, I feel like at the end, you're like, oh, okay, I, I understand how that happened, but there's no way that I had that information or would have pieced that together yeah. prior. And I feel like that's the same with the movie Clue. But Well, the fact that they have multiple endings to the movie, and it's not as if you would have seen like a whole bunch of different scenes um, right, right, leading right, right. up to uh the 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 whodunit being revealed it's just like because we watched the thing where there was multiple endings yeah and like every time they restarted a new ending it would just start like a half a scene prior where it starts from the when the electricity gets turned off the breaker box right which is like the last eight minutes of the movie yeah so it's just like oh yeah the last eight minutes of the movie you decide who the 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 murderer is and so it's just like it's not like they had to retroactively change a whole bunch of different moves to tell you that somebody else had killed the person, which to me, it's just like, I don't give a shit. I really don't. I really don't care in this comedy. It's a comedy, by the way, like as we said, with a bunch of jokes. So it's like in this comedy, I don't ever care about a mystery. I really don't. And we watched another mystery movie, uh, you and I recently, another murder mystery movie that was a clue-like, which was Knives Out. Yeah. Which was a comedy. Yeah. But it was also a murder mystery. Yeah. And 
I didn't care for that. I, I mean, didn't care from a knives out. I, I, I had just, issue. I have issues with a very fake Southern accent. It just takes me out of the the movie. And like, in order to enjoy one of these murder mysteries, there has to be a suspension of disbelief, right? You have to like let yourself get caught up in the world that they're painting for you. And with Knives Out, like that Southern accent was just not good. It was just it was too like stereotypical, like old Georgia Southern accent that people just don't really have anymore. It was it was. It, it bothered me <laughs> so much that it really took me out. Um, I will say that I liked this, the TV series Who Done It more than I liked the movie Knives Out. What about Clue? Oh, Clue's the best. You didn't like uh, you didn't like Clue. What, what did you like more, Clue or Who Done It? Clue. So, I mean, is there anything else to say about the the, the movie Clue? I uh, mean, just to say that, like, that was on our mind. We finally accomplished a couple's goal, which was to get you to watch that movie. And then we watched this pot show that, like, the episode we chose to watch was the chef was preparing um, a dinner for a murder mystery. And and it it was it was so it did not use the murder mystery element at all to make this show more interesting. And so it just left me hungry for murder mystery. So that's when I started Googling murder mystery reality shows. And boom, bada boom, bada bang, found a show called Who Done It. ABC 2013. And yeah. Nick was like, oh, you, you found one? Oh, okay. Yeah. Not I, happy. Well, I mean, I, I hate to air out our, our pre-pod production meetings. No, air it. Tell <clears throat> the folks how it works. <clears throat> Expose the, the sitch. But like, uh, you know, I, I brought up the fact that like, this is a big week for reality television yeah a lot of stuff dropped there's a show on netflix called too hot to handle that we should have watched we should have watched all of that yesterday yeah instead of whodunit but we've also like watched all the netflix shows yeah they're great go back look through the look through the uh the, the files here brother they're all great they're all great we but love like, them we're all. on top of them and we're not yeah. a netflix centric podcast we should be possibly because i mean that might set us apart from other reality podcasts because Really, if, if we're, we're not call, a reality podcast, well, don't tell people that <laughs> we're only 36 minutes into this. I don't need them to know that yet. But uh, I mean, if you know, a real reality podcast would have covered the fact that uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills sans Lisa Vanderpump first episode dropped this prior week uh that the new episode, new season of Real Housewives New York sans Bethany just dropped this week. I mean, those are two mammoth uh, reality shows that, that we're just not covering. I mean, yeah. shows that I actually really like a lot, but I, I am not caught up on either of them. I stopped watching mid-season on both seasons last season while I had a reality TV show podcast. Like, How is that possible? It's possible because it's just too hard to watch these things with commercials. Like, I just can't do it. I don't have... I've, I'm a cord cutter. If I watch this stuff, I have to watch it on demand, and they don't let you fast forward through the commercials. I don't like it at all. It stops me from binging these things. I even stopped watching Real Housewives of New Jersey this season, midway through the season. I have not started to watch the new season of Vanderpump Rules yet, which is basically over. It's it's tough for me to commit to something with so many episodes that has so long uh, episodes. Uh, I sounded like a like a, a foreign person there that has so long episodes that has long episodes with with commercials in them. It's tough for me to commit to those things, but 
you know, I kind of feel like, man, maybe you can just jump right in, folks. Just jump right in, and, and we can just be a part of the community that watch Vanderpump Rules uh, when, when it airs, and, and we can report back on it. And instead, we watched nine hours of Who Done It this week. <laughs> I mean, there's a Bachelor that's um, one about the singer-songwriters uh, all in a house. That could have been interesting to throw on, you know? Um I don't know. Uh, I watched all of, of 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 Lego Masters, and I don't even talk about it on this show. Yeah, why not? Because there's nothing to report back on. It's just a competition show that's delightful. And yeah. the winners were have won, and we'll never see a season two because nothing can go into production right now. So, uh, you know, that was a delightful show. So at this point, you know, and I'm just bringing this up because this is the thought process when Ashley's like, hey, I found one. And it's just like, well, aren't we supposed to watch the stuff that everybody says is the really good reality? Like, why are we doing this? And Ashley's like, but I want to watch this. And I'm like, all right. And then we just watch it. It's not your fault. I just don't. I think we're too far back to jump into franchises. We're in 2013. Well, we just, we're just, we're just been left in the dust by, I would say, reality capital R podcasts. Um, And so you just kind of have to go with the flow. It's like, okay, I guess this episode's going to be about who done it. A show that no one has ever heard of. And so we watched, we spent a day, we watched the whole fucking thing. And guess what? The entire time, I didn't give a shit who done it. I didn't care. And at the end, when they revealed who done it, didn't matter. It like wasn't that good. And Ashley loved the whole thing. Even though every time I looked over to her, she was playing like a phone game. I'm like, Ash, aren't you going to watch Who Done It? This is your favorite show. And he's like, oh, yeah, Who Done It, Who Done It. I love Who Done It. Puts her phone away for eight fucking seconds. All right, Ash, go ahead. Who Done It? Let tell us about Who Done It. Who Done It's a great show. <laughs> um, it is it is a murder mystery type show uh, where they have strangers who live in a mansion. And then each episode is based on a very public murder. So you see someone die, um, someone from your house, a castmate. And then you have uh, a certain amount of time to explore the crime scene or the morgue or the last known whereabouts. And then, and you can't go to every scene. So you're, you're trying to work with people to get as much information as you can. And then you put together your argument uh, for the killer as how they did it. You present your case. And then there is a dinner afterwards where everyone sits at a big table and the butler comes out. By the way, the the host is the butler. And it was a very butler-driven, um, it was a very butler-driven reality show. And really, I think all murder mysteries are butler-driven. I think we can all agree, right? I mean, that's the deal with Clue. That's the deal with Who Done It. Seems to be that they are essential to this type of entertainment. So after the big dinner, the butler comes out with notes from the killer, and he says, um, one of you made the killer very impressed with your findings. And that person is uh, sort of the VIP of the episode. Everybody gets an envelope, and either they are uh, spared or they are scared. scared. And two people will be scared. And what happens if you get a scared card is it means that you are figuring out your whodunit of the case was the poorest, was the lowest, and the, the farthest away from the truth. And so that means you should be scared because you're going to die. You're up for elimination. You're up for elimination. One of you will be um, cut in the middle of the night. And so then you die, and then the people in the house are now trying to figure out who you, who you how you got killed. So it's basically like if it was a uh, an elimination game like let's just call it a, a game that was happens in a house let's call it um uh 
uh, let's call it the challenge, okay? It was like the challenge if everybody who gets eliminated uh, has to recreate like a death scene and then everybody else in the house now the for the next episode has to solve that murder and so on and so forth until there's only two contestants left and one of them wins and the other one is the killer. And the thing that is, it, it was actually shouldn't have been called Who Done It because it was less about Who Done It and more about How Done It. It should have it it been called How Done It. How Done It. <laughs> How did it get done? How did done? How did done? How did done it? This should be called How Did Done It. Because each episode you're trying to figure out how the like the murder happened. How did done it? How did it done it? So <laughs> I really liked this show because of the mystery element. I loved the campiness of it. I loved um, the fact that like everyone was so sort of late aughts type looking like these are not real this is harkens back to a time when reality shows just cast normal looking people and everyone wasn't hot all the time i was into that there was a person on this show that clearly had a cold the entire time and when they would do (laughs) interviews their nostrils were so raw that it was the only thing that i could focus on through an entire episode it was incredible it was really great my it was a highlight for me on the show and there people's reactions made me laugh people were overplaying it like they were acting as if it was a real situation i hated this hated i hated this because they they played this line where they all were like acting as if the murders were real yet then in another scene they'd be talking about how this is a game that they're playing or there'd be an interview and somebody would kind of be like, cr- like somebody would be like crying when somebody died and just be like in their interview, like, I got to know them and now they're gone. They're not here anymore. And it's just so like, I read a, what are you doing? I read an interview with the producer who said that like all the tears were real and that they were kind of instructed to talk about people leaving the show as them dying and the fa- the idea of them leaving the show as them dying so when they're crying and they're like i don't want to die what they're really saying is like i don't want to leave the show i don't want to be cut from the show so that is like the but language in no other show do people cry when they don't want to leave like that's the thing you don't think it, that happens on the challenge people totally cry nah, not like this i mean these were tears of sorrow it, th- this was bad i mean i did not i disagree i think it was i think it was bad good you know what i mean when like a show is bad but like still fun there was an element of funness there it was so campy i really enjoyed it i also enjoyed looking into the history of this show it turns out when it was airing on abc people thought that the network was actually killing these people. This is ridiculous. These idiots. And so they had to start airing exit interviews with the contestants afterwards. Like, apparently they lost 1.3 million viewers because people thought that it was um, real deaths. And so then they started adding these exit interviews at the end of the apps where they're like, hey, it's me. You saw me get blown up earlier, but I'm okay. And, like, I had a really fun time. Ash, did you... Do you see what kind of people are drawn to this show? Um. (laughs) People who believe that those horribly recreated death scenes were real. A guy falls into, makes a sandwich, and then a tiger comes up and eats him. It was a mountain lion, first of all. I mean, it's just like the most stupid fucking shit (laughs) I've ever seen. The acting was horrible. They're not actors. Yes, they are. IMDb those motherfuckers. Two They're of all them actors. Are. Two now. of them are. All of them. And I lo- and it's like they should be. You know, they did a good job. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they did a bad job. 
I thought it was great. My big issue with the show is the use of animals. I don't, I'm, I am over reality shows using animals as props. I'm not into it. Um, this show had a mountain lion. It had snakes. It had horses falling down. I was like, can we please get rid of using the animals as props? Just because it takes me out of the show. It takes me out of the fun and makes me start worrying about the animals. Um, I think there are some really, I think Nick, you're, I, I really think that you you're clinging to this idea that it's a bad show when really you should appreciate things like when one of the guys thought that the killer had a trained monkey. Okay. That released the <laughs> that chandelier. Was, <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was good. They do do this thing where, uh, you know, um, they have to go into a room by themselves and sort of lay out how the crime happened. Um, and, you just get like quick sort of cut scenes of like their description of the crime. You could tell that some of the details they had uncovered in the episode were involved and some people just didn't have all the information. So their, uh, their descriptions were different. Um, and then there was one episode where a guy there, it, it did involve a clue that had something to do with a monkey and no, he didn't have no. all, yes, oh, there was the here. No, see, no, see no evil. evil. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. he didn't get to, he didn't get the whole clue. So like, He's going in there and he, and you get a cut and he's like, and that's when you had your trained monkey <laughs> come up, shoot the guy and then escape. But not before that trained monkey pulled the lever <laughs> yeah. to drop the chandelier. It was and, really and great. And he wasn't trying to be funny. And and the reason I'm putting a little uh, uh, English on it when I, because that's what they did. Yeah. Like they all would like try to solve this murder like as if they were Inspector Clouseau. It like, was all like, over-dramatized. It was like Columbo-esque. Yeah. Like that's when you, you know, it was like, uh, it was over-dramatized. This whole fucking show is over-dramatized. They hated it. Something about the show that I really liked. Okay, so first off, I love the murder mystery element. I love the datedness of it. Like, it felt really dated. It felt like a show from seven years ago. These people were just, like, regular people in their two... One of the women was wearing a dress that I owned in 2010. That's And I was just like, wow, that dress? I can't believe I'm seeing that dress again. We spent 11 whole minutes on this earth trying to get the perfect... (laughs) pause on this screen for this dumbass show that came out seven years ago that nobody cares about so ashley could take a picture of the dress that she once owned yeah that's true that is true and what happened is i kept taking the pictures of the dress but it would be as soon as i press picture it it would be a new scene so i just was like taking pictures of like the furniture in the house (laughs) like what did you do when you finally got the perfect pic of that woman i sent it to sarah and i said do you remember this dress and she said oh my god i do this is why I like the show. Let me explain why I like this explain show. Explain yourself. I like when you're watching a reality show and you watch it become a reality show. I enjoy that turn, which happened on this show. At first, they're all kind of hanging out. They're trying to solve the murder. And then you start, then then things start happening interpersonally with the characters. Where now they're trying to get some people killed. They're like purposefully aligning with other people and trying to ice out some people and being like, let's get him out of here. Don't give him any information. And then he'll get killed and he'll leave the house. Like they're going, they're trying to, they're, the systematic approach that eventually happens when you put people in 
in sort of a competition reality show and it takes that turn. I enjoy that a great deal. We saw it on Love is Blind when they made the location change. When you leave the pods and now all of a sudden we're back, we're at the um, the resort and now we're at the apartments. I mean, this is, this is when you see a reality show become a reality show and that is what happened here and I enjoyed it. Well, I do enjoy the moment when um, an elimination reality show like takes his survivor moment and realizes that they have to align. And that usually happens, and it did happen here. And that was what made it exciting. It did. It was making it better than if it was just a bunch of idiots running around trying to solve clues. One last thing I liked. Okay, can I say one last thing? Yes. I love that the Reddit page that I visited last night still has people posting there being like, hey, you guys know if there's going to be a second season seven <laughs> years later? How many, I mean, are they, are people like talking about it? Like they're, re, they're finding it now? Um, it seems that they're just like, they watched it in 2013 and they're still interested is the impression that I'm getting. Oh, which reminds me, they're doing a reboot of Clue. Okay, folks, um, we're going to shut it down here. Um, thank you for listening. Do us a favor. Uh, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts uh, and uh, write a little nice review. If you haven't already, that would be really, really helpful to us, and we really appreciate it. I mentioned before we have a Patreon, $5 a month. The $5 bonus tier gets you two bonus episodes a month on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash realityblows. Uh, you can follow us on a whole bunch of different social media platforms. If you like Instagram, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Reality Blows Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Nick Maritato. You can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Reality Blows Pod. You can follow Ashley on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. You can email us, Reality Blows Podcast at gmail.com. And I also want to say that I personally have a new podcast called ep by ep ep by ep it is a podcast about step by step the tv show from a million years ago on tgif and i watch every single one of these episodes and then i recap them with a friend and that's what i'm doing with my life in quarantine and the first episode uh has just dropped on Spotify and it's on Stitcher and it's also on Apple Podcasts. So go ahead and check that out. You know, download it, subscribe. I'm going to be dropping episodes on Friday because, you know, TGIF. I'm probably going to drop a bunch of episodes this week because I have a few can so you guys can kind of binge them. Step by Step is on Hulu. You do not have to watch the episodes to enjoy the podcast, kind of like our recaps we do about the challenge. But if you got Hulu, you might as well. And what the hell else are you doing? That's kind of why I'm doing this. It kind of gives me like a fun project where I could watch a scripted, fun TV show and then talk about it with one of my really funny friends. The first episode has Steve O'Brien. He's a actor, a comedian, a writer, um, and uh, all-around great guy. And he does the pilot with me. And that's up on uh, all platforms right now. And if you want to give that a five-star review, well, I would appreciate that as well. Um, yep. That's all we got for you. Thank you so much. Happy 420. Man.